Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Are you ready for the word tonight? Well, I'm excited to talk about it. It is Vision uh, Week, and this month is Vision Month, and uh, I'm excited to, to preach, and I'm also excited to preach with this new microphone. I know it's funny, but it's a little you know, preacher thing right now. So I'm like, I feel like, yes, amen. Grab your Bibles and go with me uh, to uh, Proverbs chapter 29, Proverbs chapter 29, and I'm going to read to you uh, tonight three scriptures I'm sorry, one scripture in three different translations. If you didn't get a message out there when you walked in, lift your hands, our ushers will give that to you. Points to my message was the verse we'll be reading. If you're watching online, you're going to see a link there, and then you can click it. And those are all my points uh, tonight of what I'll be speaking about. But I'm going to read one verse in three different translations, so you might want to get a, a note sheet just so you can see the three different translations here. And once you got your Bibles in your outline, why don't you stand to your feet, and uh, let's read the Word of God together tonight. One verse in three different translations, all about vision. And I want to read this in three different translations. Now, you might be wondering, Pastor, why are there different translations? Essentially, they are broken down in different ways for us to understand uh, the same verse. The Bible was originally written in Hebrew, the Old Testament in Hebrew, the New Testament in Greek. And so as the English language evolves, they'll use uh, different words in the contemporary language to try to explain what the original language meant. For example, if I say, I'm pulling your leg... I'm not actually pulling your leg. I'm saying I'm just kidding. And so the English language changes and there are, there are ways to translate the original Hebrew so that it makes sense in today's English language. So I'm going to say this so we can break it down. Someone shout, break it down. Proverbs 29, 18 of the King James Version says this. says, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. Perish. Now Proverbs 29 and verse 18 in the NIV says it like this. says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom and instruction. So it breaks down vision to understand revelation. Stay with me. I'll break it down here in the message. It says people cast off restraint. But then the message translation, which is a paraphrase. In other words, it starts to kind of use the original language and put it into terms that you can understand today. It says it like this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to stumble in life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through life like a drunk squirrel. I want to go through life with vision in my heart, with focus in my future, and with Jesus in my life. Can I get an amen? I want to talk to you. The title of my message is Living with Vision. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We've prayed a lot over this service, and I'm glad that we can. You said your house should be called the house of prayer. And so, Father, now we hearken our hearts to you. Speak to us as we come into the teaching of your word, God. Manifest the spiritual gift, Lord of teaching, manifest your presence. God, give us vision tonight, Lord, so we can see what you're doing and not stumble all over ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Come on, give God one more clap. You may be seated, all right? And just tell somebody Jesus loves you. Just say that, Jesus loves you. Good job, all right, all right, amen. I wanna talk tonight about vision, 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 vision. Now, when we talk about vision, a lot of people may have different um, connotations or understanding of what vision is. But I just want, out the gate want to tell you that vision is not a humanistic thing. Vision is a Holy Spirit thing. I'll say it one more time. Vision 
is not a humanistic thing. Vision is a Holy Spirit thing. Oftentimes when we hear the word vision, we will associate that um, with maybe your 10-year plan or we'll associate that with like having a vision for your life or, or having a vision for your company or having a vision for your, your, your school or your career. And all those things are good. I'm not saying they're bad. But what I want to bring us back tonight in this particular message is I want to bring us back to a Holy Spirit vision. Because the Bible actually says in Acts, it says that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit. And he says that your, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will, will, will see visions. And so it has nothing to do with age. Visions has to do with your spirit. So what does it mean by young men? It means by, Lord, I am palatable. God, I, I have an ability to be expanded. I haven't got stuck in my old ways. Because it, it, you, can, you can be young and be stuck in old ways. Okay, it doesn't matter, has nothing to do with age, it has to do with your ability to expand. And so the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give us vision. Say this, say the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit gives me vision. So what I'm talking about tonight is I'm talking about saying, God, I want the Holy Spirit to give me a vision. I want the Holy Spirit to show me what it is he wants out of my life. Because success and failure have nothing to do with achievement. Success and failure have everything to do with did you succeed in what God wanted you to succeed in? I'll say it one more time. Did you succeed in what God wanted you to succeed in? You can actually go all through life and, ha and, and get all kinds of achievements but fail in the vision God had for you. That's a sobering thought. Because the world will applaud you, but God said you never built the vision I had for you. That's a deep thought right there. So tonight, I want us to begin to pray and to begin to ask, Holy Spirit, what's the vision you have for me? That's what I want. And you'll always know when you're in the vision of God because there's a grace of God over it. And I'll talk about it here in a second. But what is vision defined as? Let me just kind of give us a working definition. Vision is defined as what you see when your eyes are closed. So I'm not going to Webster. I'm giving you... Josiah's quotes, all right? Division, I'm sorry, vision is defined by what you see when your eyes are closed. Vision is the ability to see beyond what your eyes can look at. You, you can actually see and not have vision. And it also is possible to not be able to see and have vision. In fact, one of the most powerful lives lived was by a particular person by the name of Helen Keller, and I would encourage you to, you know, look up who Helen Keller was. But Helen Keller was actually a, a woman who was um, blind, who was deaf, and, had, and was not able to speak. And Helen Keller, although she was blind, uh, deaf, and unable to speak, her life lived. She actually learned Braille. She went on to write uh, 12 books she was the first blind person, deaf person, and mute person to earn a bachelor's degree. She is ranked as one of the most influential people of the 20th century. People would pay her thousands of dollars to have her speak in Braille, and then someone would communicate it for her. She inspired literally a generation. And someone once asked her, they said, Helen, Helen, what is the worst thing, or what is worse than being born blind, mute, and deaf? And this is what she said. She says, what would be worse than being born blind, mute, and deaf, she says, is having sight but no vision. <laughs> having sight. Yeah, come on, give God a glass. That's all right. That's powerful, man. To have sight but not have vision. See, the truth is just because you can see me today does not mean you have vision. 
Just because you, 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 you saw the traffic on your way here doesn't mean you have vision. Just because you see the problems in our society does not mean you have vision. That means you have sight. And your sight will actually mess with your vision. Because your sight will begin to tell you that your vision is not true. But I'm trying to pray is that we begin to say, I'm not going to live by sight. I'm going to live by Holy Spirit vision. Come on, somebody. To see with my eyes closed. Just close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. It's going to be like nap time. No, come on, somebody. Just close your eyes. What do you see when your eyes are closed? That's vision. What you see when your eyes are closed, that's vision. Okay, now open your eyes before you fall asleep on me. <laughs> you go memes. Come on now. Amen. All right. But that's vision. That's when you say, God, I, I got to see that. God, I want to see the vision you have for my marriage. God, I want to see the vision you have for my life. God, I want to see the vision you have for our church. God, I want to see the vision you have for my future. I want to see the vision you have for my business. I want to see the vision you have, Holy Spirit. Not my vision, your vision. Because I'll tell you one thing that's true. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. And, and, and I always say this. You can give God your plan all you want, but if you ever want to tell God a joke, tell him your plans. Come on, somebody. Get God's vision in your life. You see, when you get God's vision, the Bible makes it very clear that apart from it, you'll perish. In Proverbs 29 and verse 10, it says, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. So the scripture, the proverb writer is suggesting to us that if I don't want to waste my life, then I better get a vision. Turn to your neighbor and say, catch a vision, bro. Come on, catch a, or sis, catch a vision, sis. Okay. Is if I don't want to, when he says perish, he's not talking about physically perishing. He's talking about wasting your life. He's talking about living a whole life and getting to the end of your life and all you did was pay bills. That is not a life of vision. Living your whole life and all you did was be upset every day at everybody who walked on your lawn. Come on now. You lived your whole life and all you were was a pessimist. Everything's always messed up. The sky is falling. Everybody makes me mad. I'm so upset. I'm so mad at this person. And you know, 1972, why is the preacher not wearing a different microphone? Why is he wearing Adidas on stage? You know, you, got, you were so mad that you lived your whole life talking about everything you didn't like, but never lived for vision and never made a difference. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't want to waste my life. Come on, say, I don't want to waste your life. In fact, tell him, don't waste your life. Come on, somebody. Don't waste your life. And how are we not going to waste my life? Well, then I better catch a vision, bro or sis. God, I want to catch a vision for my life because I don't want to waste my life. I don't want it to go away, but I want to build what God has for my life. You see, when you begin to see what God has for your life, and this is one way, this is good Bible study, by the way. Let me teach you some good Bible study tools. Whenever you see the, the negative of a verse, so in other words, no vision, perish, the opposite is true. Vision, live. So if there's no vision, you waste your life. So then what happens when there is vision? You thrive in life. It's the opposite. It's true. It's a biblical truth. So therefore, if I really want to come alive... Maybe the reason why you're so unhappy with your current situation is because you haven't catched a vision. You haven't caught a God vision. You haven't attached yourself 
to a consuming vision from heaven. I'm talking about a vision that wakes you up every morning. I'm talking about a vision from God that makes you want to pray because what you see with your physical eyes is not matching what you see with your spiritual. I'm talking to somebody now. I'm talking about a vision that even when your spouse acts up, you go, I'm not going to accept that because I know who you really are and I know what's really on your life. I'm talking about a vision when your kids, you think their head is going sideways like they got to chamuco the devil. You're going, I know you're going like this. I know, but I'm telling you what I see I caught a vision that you're going to serve God. You're going to be in the house of God. You're going to be worshiping God. I'm talking about I don't care when I look at the streets and the neighborhoods and the bars and the places. I know I look on Instagram and people acting all like a fool. I see a vision of people loving God, worshiping heaven, and the church thriving, and people getting saved. Come on, somebody. Touch your, Actually, don't touch your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, catch a vision. Come on. Got to correct myself, all right? If you got Purell, then touch your neighbor. Okay, amen. All right. Okay. All right, listen. Catch a vision. They say that you can't unsee something. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing if you let the devil use that against you. But it's a beautiful thing if you let God show you something. When you're like, I can't unsee that, God. I mean, you showed me that in prayer. I can never unsee it. I can't unsee it. I can't. That's why, that's why, that's why, you know, when we began Freedom House Church and I was in the living room of my house and I saw, I saw people worshiping. I saw God moving. I saw something. I saw something. I didn't see small. I saw God moving. I saw something. I saw people get it. I saw young people serving. I saw something. And man, I'm praying tonight on this Wednesday, you leave this room saying, I don't know what happened, but I saw something. Man, I saw something and God showed me something. And man, I ain't ever going to stop until what I saw in my heart, I see it in my life. Somebody shout, I saw something. In fact, tell your neighbor, say, see something. Come on. Well, all I see is problems. <laughs> yeah, me too. All I see is, all I see is drama. All, all, all I see is, is, you know, a building campaign. All I see is, is we got to raise money. That's limited vision. God, give me a heaven vision, Lord. All I see is my dog ran away. <laughs> we love your dog. We hope pray he comes home, okay? But say, so catch a vision. You can't unsee something. God, show me something that will catch me. All right, I better give you a point to this message. All right, point number one, write this down. It's important to see it because once you see it, it'll consume you. But here's what vision is. Vision, that's the way I wrote it down, is the process of intentionally believing God for more. Vision is the process of intentionally believing God for more. It's not hoping that by some accident... God's going to do more. Vision is the process of intentionally saying, God, I want to catch a vision intentionally, and I'm going to believe you for more intentionally. Because it's the ability to see beyond what your eyes can look at. Now, when you catch a vision, write this down somewhere. When you catch a vision, vision will give you discipline. 
Because when you're intentional about God, show me, Holy Spirit, show me. Say, Holy Spirit, show me. He's not going to put it on the screen. Okay. Like, show me, Holy Spirit. It's not going to be up there. Okay. It's going to be right here. It's going to be in here. He's going to show you something. And if it scares you, then it's probably getting closer to what God wants for you. <laughs> but if you see her like, eh, that won't God. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit shows you something, and you go, whoa, that's going to take God. Then that's a God vision. God will never give you a vision that doesn't involve himself. Okay. So you're like, thanks to the vision, God, I don't need you for this. He's like, well, that one for me. Okay. And it's also not going to give you a vision of you and the homies getting lit. That one from God, okay? <laughs> okay. That was not the Lord, okay? But it came to me in church. That was your flesh. <laughs> okay. And you need to get saved. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. Or rededicate or baptize. We got it all right here at Freedom House. Amen. All right. So a vision is, it requires God. But then it is followed by high amounts of discipline because you become so disciplined towards this vision that what ends up happening is it consumed you so much. I'm just talking from my life and I pray you attach yourself to the God vision he has for you. But when God showed me Freedom House, it created such a discipline in my life because I knew that motivation won't get me to the vision, discipline will get me to the vision. See? See? Because we're like, well, just motivate me. No. There are a lot of days, watch me, look at me, look at me. I was not motivated. There were some days this flesh, this carne was like, I don't want to. There were some days, I don't know about your sanctified self, but pray for me. Amen, okay? There are some days this flesh was, was mad, this flesh was sensitive, this flesh got insecure, this flesh was wondering if he was even called, this flesh was wondering if I could even do this, this flesh, oh, you know, oh God. But I had to recognize that there are going to be some days when I step into this vision that it, I have to be disciplined. I've got to be disciplined in prayer. I've got to be disciplined in living right. I've got to be disciplined in living holy. Can I still preach on holiness? Come on, somebody. I've got to be disciplined. To have integrity. And you don't just need that when you're a pastor, by the way. You want to run a great company? Have integrity. Okay? Have integrity. If you want to do, you catch a God vision, it's going to require integrity. You got to be true to yourself. You got to be true to God. Unless you, you know, make a living and lose your life. Okay? Integrity. God, give me integrity. I recognize that I need to have discipline of integrity. I need to have discipline. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to talk about it all. It's Wednesday night. We have a Bible study. I didn't even discipline in my health, too. You know, because I started doing multiple service and I was like, <gasps> and God was like, you, you can get yourself in check. And I'm like, but Lord, I like hot Cheetos. Lord, come on somebody. Amen. <laughs> I found myself, I couldn't preach too much. I was like, man, I'm getting tired up in here, you know. God's like, come on, you're, you're in your prime. And I'm like, okay, Lord. So I started doing that. Hardio, cardio, come on. Amen. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, when you catch a God vision, it's going to require your mind, body, and soul every part of you, that you got to begin to say, God, I have to be intentional because vision 
is the process of intentionally believing God for more. I'm not going to arrive at the God vision by accident. I'm not one day going to wake up and be like, whoa, this is awesome, God. You just trans... No, there is, there's, there's, no, there's no DeLorean, okay? There's no back to the view. You ain't going to get there. Amen. But you're going to have to do it. Now, we need to be able to establish that. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me here. Okay, so let me give you... Um, it, oh, no, what I want to say. Okay, number two, write this down. A life of vision... Actually, no. Let me read this verse. It's my sermon. I can do what I want. Okay, Ephesians <laughs> chapter 14 and verse 21. Okay, here's what the Bible says. I want to read you this because Paul the Apostle is going to write all about vision right here. But he's also going to write all about what it takes to get to Ephesians 3.20, which everybody loves Ephesians 3.20. Exceedingly, abundantly, above him. Okay, I love it too. But let's read the whole context, okay? Paul the Apostle writes... Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So when I think of all this, what is, he, what is he doing? Thinking. Okay, where is vision? In here. So when I think of all this, what does he do? I fall to my knees and what? Complain. <laughs> I fall to my knees and get mad that things have not changed. No, he prays to the Father. Verse 15. The creator of everything in heaven and where? God is in control of planet earth. Okay? He's in control. Verse 16 says, And I pray from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Why? Because this vision is going to need discipline and strength. Verse 17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. What is it going to take? It's going to take trust. Verse, uh, uh, where am I at here? That you would trust him. Your roots would grow down. What is it going to take? It's going to take growth if you want to see vision. He says, into God's love and keep you strong. Verse 18, and you may have the power to understand. What is it going to take? It's going to take understanding. All of God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. You may experience the love of Christ through it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with the fullness of light and power that comes from God. Verse 20, now here's the verse all of us love. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work where? Within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask, think. It says, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And this verse was so good that Paul put an amen on his own verse. Amen right there. Come on, that's what God did for you. Okay, but I want you to see everybody loves the infinitely more. But I read to you that's going to require prayer. It's going to require strength. It's going to require growth. It's going to require understanding. It's going to require trust. Why? I've got to be in intentional. Say amen. Okay, number two, now write this down, a life of vision steps towards the more. So once I, God gives me vision, God has given us a vision, right? We're talking about expanding. We're talking about reaching more people. It's not about buildings, it's about people. Can I get an amen? amen. Say it's about people. It's about reaching more people like we always have. And just look at our history. Every time we've taken these steps of faith, thousands of more people have come to know Jesus. We've been able to teach the word of God to more families, more marriages, more children. Okay, the church is the hope of the world. Why do we need more churches? Because there's more people that need Jesus. Come on, can I get an amen, all right? All right, there's already a church. No, no, we need more life-thriving churches. Come on, I'm just going to throw that out there, all right? So someone say, take a step. So you got to step towards this thing now. It's one thing to see it. It's another thing to step towards it. 
Because there are a lot of people who once they see it, they just live with seeing it. Yeah, I had a vision. 2004, 2001, God showed me. I was in a service. Pastor prayed for me. God showed me. I haven't done anything about it, but I got a vision. <laughs> so many people. They, they're satisfied with just seeing it. You got it in your journal. Thank you, Lord. You showed me. And they still talk about the word they got years ago. And you, and you live under that word, but you're not living in the word. Okay. It's a whole other thing. I had somebody tell me one time, I won't say who it is. They said, man, I always thought that building would be a good church, this one here. I always thought that would be a great church. I said, that's great. I did something about it. Okay. I didn't say that with pride, okay? But I'm like, I didn't tell them. I just in my mind, I said, well, I didn't think I did something. I don't just want to see it. I want to step in it. Because it's one thing to see it. It's awesome. It's great. Fantastic. But it's the only thing to step in it. So what I did was I stepped in it. And boy, did we step into it. Now, before you clap, thank you for the applause. But nobody was clapping when we stepped into it. This thing, we stepped into some stuff. You know what I mean? Okay, it was, it was crazy. Estaba loco, gente, espíritus, todos, demonios, devils, and I mean, all hell broke loose. And, and I'm not even going to say all that took place. But I'll just know that in the spiritual realm, I know I just got a fresh cut, cut grass. I got a fade right now. But let me tell you something. It, it, man, in the spiritual realm, I got like a cut over my eye. I'm missing a few spiritual teeth, okay. I got like some scars all here. I'm like, the, I'm like spiritual scar fade. Because, man, I had to fight some devils. Y'all don't, I know in the physical, but I love how Paul says, I bear on my body that I belong to Christ. And I'm telling you, I had to fight for something. Come on, somebody. Say amen. You're going to have to fight for it. Someone say, step in it. So I stepped in it. You know, sowed and believed and prayed. And that's what I feel we're at as a church too. Because I'm asking our church, let's step in it. Let's, let's step in this. Catch a vision. Let God speak to you. Step into it. And I know that when you get behind what God is building, he's going to get behind what you're building. I love how this weekend, you know, Pastor Benny, Pastor Obed, they're on our pastoral board advice. I love how they, they just really said that when you get behind building God's house, it gives purpose to your career and your business. Because you don't, you don't just pray, God, bless my business because I want a bigger boat, you know, which go ahead and get a bigger boat if you want one. But, you go, but you're starting to pray like this, God, bless my business so I can build your house. And then throw in another boat, throw in a bigger boat too. You know what I mean? Like, because how good God is when you build his house, he just starts blessing you. You start saying, God, let, let, me, let, let me close this deal. God, let, let me go. Let me, and it starts giving purpose to your prosperity. And I'm telling you, God does it. Someone say, step in it. So uh, last verse I'm going to say, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm out of your way. And then here's what the verse says in Deuteronomy 1.6. There was a time when Israel got a little too comfortable. God gave them a vision, but they got comfortable in just seeing the promised land, not actually stepping into the promised land. So much so that they actually built an encampment outside of the promise. 
and they, they built a whole, you know, uh, encampment and homes and all that. And God had to speak to, the, uh, to Moses. And this is what he told him in Deuteronomy 1, 6 and 7. He says, when we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord said to us. Who said to them? He said this. This is a great verse. I'm, all, I'm out of your way. He said, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. Oh, I love this. God was like, you've been at this place too long. You've gotten way too comfortable outside of the vision I've given you. He says, you've stayed here way. When God tells you you're there too long, how many know you're there too long? Okay. God's like, hey, God has all the time in the world. You don't. He says, you stayed your way too long. So the next verse says this, and I'm done here. He says, go to the next verse. He says, it's time to break camp and move on. Someone shout, it's time. He says, it's time. Now, I don't know what that means for some of you, but for some of you, it's time. It's time. Listen to me. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to say, God, I'm going to go all in for you. For some of you, that may be, it might be it's time for you to get baptized. For some of you, it might be it's time for you to start praying. For some of you, it's, gonna be, it's time to cut off a bad habit. For some of you, it's time to get rid of those people that keep pulling you back to your addictions and the sin and the things that are away. For some of you, it's going to be it's time to break on. But for some of you, it's now time to start building the kingdom. Now it's time for you to say, God, I don't just live for myself. I live to build your house. I live to build God's vision. I live and I'm going to step into it. I'm not going to get comfortable in my Christianity. I'm not going to get comfortable by just saving for my house. I'm going to get, I'm going to sow to sacrifice and build your house. I'm not just going to get comfortable in trying to pay off my stuff, but I'm going to step into building God's vision. And when you build God's vision, he will build your house. Come on, shout amen. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.